When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. This report's brought to you by us, Leading Edge Physiotherapy, bringing amazing technology to you. Check out our zero-gravity treadmill and swim-x therapy pool at leadingedgephysio.com. Riley's going to keep it and then throw, and Adarius Pullman's got a pair. Touchdown, Eskimo. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up, and it is through. Sean White has done it again. Comes off the boards, two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back here, short side, he scores! Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. The Blue Jays with homers from Bautista and Martin lead the Baltimore Orioles 3-0. That game is in the bottom of the third. The Edmonton Eskimos will be back at practice tomorrow, Labor Day Monday in Calgary. We'll have it for you right here on 6.30, Chad, 11.30 a.m. pregame show, 1 o'clock for the opening kickoff. Ricky Ray back in action with the Argos. They lead the BC Lions 7-0 late in the first quarter. BC coming in 6-3, and three, Toronto sitting at 4-4. Four and four. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. And uh, man, oh man, it is uh, getting close to you being able to walk through the doors of Rogers Place. The big open house is next Saturday, September 10th. They have had to extend the... Uh, the, the, the length of the open house, basically, it'll now go later into the afternoon, making more spots available as of noon today. Over 47,000 people had signed up for tickets, so I imagine that has eclipsed 50 by now. We'll find out uh, for sure when Rick Davis joins us in about half an hour. He's the executive director of the Downtown Arena Project. You can smell hockey in the air, the World Cup. I mean, World Cup camps are starting next week already. The games will start on September 17th. We'll have broadcasts of World Cup games right here on 6:30, Chad, the television host for that is Sportsnet, including our old friend from Sportsnet from Hockey Central, Jeff Merrick. Jeff, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Uh, I am great. I understand it's almost time for your shiny new toy to make its unveiling. Oh, Rogers Place, buddy. It's gonna be. It's gonna be incredible. Uh, you know, go ahead. here's yeah. the, here's because I'm I'm very much like everybody else. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the inside of this. While well, I'm passing to see the outside of it as well, because I can understand the euphoria of seeing a new barn. Two years ago, we were in Quebec City for the Memorial Cup, and it was the last hurrah of the Coliseum. You know, it was tough, and I, I spent a lot of time watching hockey games there. And I hope as many hockey fans as possible that are listening right now, Reed, have also spent some time in the Coliseum. Wonderful, great barn. You know, the barn that Bellevue built and the Quebec Aces and all that in the Nordiques. And right next to it is the new barn, which right now just has a junior hockey tenant. And hopefully for those fans, will have an NHL tenant. And while we were there, even though it wasn't done yet, they walked us through. 
and it was spectacular. And we were there last year. We we're going to go back this year for Top Prospects game. But that was one thing. And I've seen, you know, all the drawings and I've seen, you know, the uh, uh, the video that we put up at, at, uh, at our website of what, it, what it's going to look like inside the new barn in Edmondson. And with all due respect to Quebec... Man, Edmonton looks like it's amazing. Edmonton looks like this is going to be the envy of, you know, 29 other markets, or I guess 30 markets now around the NHL. Yeah, well, you hope so, and, and it's exciting, and people have been just snapping up tickets for the uh, open house tour, which is next Saturday, September yeah. 10th, and I'll be talking about that more later on on, on the show tonight. So people just, just want to get in there. They want to have a view of it, and, and, I, and I'm lucky because I've been in there, I think, uh, three times this calendar year, including about yeah. three or four weeks ago, and there was still a lot of work being done. But, I mean, you know, things things keep evolving. Society keeps evolving what people expect or hope to get from their experience keeps evolving. And one thing that struck me was, and I, I, to me, Jeff, I'm still that, there's, there's still part of me that is that 10-year-old kid from Evansburg that's mm-hmm. an hour away from, Evan, that, from Edmonton that would get to drive in one or two nights a year to go to a game at Northlands Coliseum, as was yep. called. You know, and, and that, that part of me was still like, man, there's so much room to get around. There, it's, it, the sight yep. lines are so much better. So that's what I'm excited is I, for that average fan, you know, who's going to get yeah. that experience. You know, I, uh, I'm not unlike you. First of all, I still called it North. I'm going to go now to Gene Principe at Rexall. In the back of my mind, I was always thinking Northlands Coliseum. Uh, that's when I first fell in love with uh, Edmonton and, and that Oilers squad, WHA, even pre-NHL. But I sympathize because I'm still a kid, in my mind... You know, getting on the TTC in Toronto, uh, getting off at Carleton, walking up those steps, smelling the popcorn and the peanuts, the vendors outside of Maple Leaf Gardens and walking in there. And, you know, it was the only place in Toronto where you could get exotic candy like Frutella. It was the only place and try to get exotic soft drinks like Fresca. It was this one. It's almost becomes like the rinks. I'm going to sound old here, Reed. The rinks that we grew up with almost seemed like islands under themselves, not just the rinks to themselves, but the way they're all uniquely constructed. The concessions were all different. Like there really was a separation between what happens out in the real world and what happens and what it feels like in the rink. My one of the things that I think we've lost is that separation between the two in that, you know, now a lot of rinks want to have like a nightclub kind of vibe about it and want to have like they want to be multipurpose. And we all understand the reasons why, but we have lost something distinct with all these new arenas. And I know I sound like, you know, Grandpa America, hey, you crazy kids get off my lawn when I talk <laughs> like this. But as much as I'm excited <laughs> to see the new barn, uh, I am going to miss uh, Rexall or as you and I still call it Northlands Coliseum. Uh, it's funny. They're actually is going to be a nightclub in Rogers Place, though not during the games. <laughs> and Ariel will turn into that after the games. <laughs> sounds pretty cool, actually. It sounds pretty dope. Uh, now, are you going to get to come out to it, or do you, uh, maybe you can't reveal? I mean, are there any big, big, big plans for uh, broadcast or what? Uh, if if they are, they've been kept secret from me. Um, I I don't have any plans right now, but on my list of things to do in hockey this year is at least once uh, I need to get out uh, to see the new rink and and see the see the new look Oilers um, and hopefully a, a, f- a healthy Connor McDavid for 82 games as well. So yes, this is on my to do list this year. Whether I go in a work capacity or I book my own flight and dig deep down into my own pocket <laughs> and pull out my onion wallet and I call it that because I. Cry 
cry every time I open it and uh, spend my own money to get to Alberta to see the new barn. Well, you can always uh, stay in my basement, which is unfinished, but still, I think you'll like it. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can crash on just about any couch in this country. <laughs> exactly. And many I already have. Uh, Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet joining us on Inside Sports. So, I mean, you mentioned the uh, the new-look Oilers led by Connor McDavid. I mean, I fully expect yep. that some point uh, in about four weeks or so he'll be named uh the captain of uh, of the edmonton oilers although it's fun i mean here's the interesting thing about mcdavid is i mean i saw him play uh, for the uh, 45 games he wound up playing last year mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately he was hurt and you see all these preseason predictions and a lot of times you look at that and say yeah that's probably within seven points either way the interesting thing about mcdavid is I don't really know what his ceiling is. Do I think he can get 90 points if he's healthy the full season? Yeah, sure. I mean, hockey news and th- places like that, 90, 95, 96. Could yeah. he get 115? I don't know. I know that's incredibly high in this day and age. I, I, I don't really know what the kid's ceiling is because he, again, the generational talent. Right? I mean, how good can he yeah. get? And once he gets comfortable, and it didn't take him very long. What was it, like five games? I mean, game one, he was turn-selling Jay Bomeister, one of the best skating defensemen in the NHL. That's the one thing I'll always take away from that game. When he made that, that first game, right, we're all watching. Okay, Edmonton, St. Louis, here it is, the debut of Connor McDavid. The one play that I will never forget, Reed, as long as I live, is watching Connor McDavid and that acceleration of the blue line through the neutral zone, and Jay Bomeister could not keep up skating backwards. He made Jay Bomeister turn and chase him. That, to me, was the, oh, my God. We knew he was good, but could he take it to the next level quickly? Yeah, he did. And it took him about five or six games to get comfortable. Where you look at a player like Nathan McKinnon in Colorado, who it took him about, I think it was game 29 or game 30 in his rookie season until you started to say, okay, now he's starting to put it all together. He's comfortable in his NHL skin. Um, can Connor McDavid get 115 points if everything breaks the right way and if Lucic ends up working on the left side, which I'm still a little bit skeptical of, but nonetheless, it's, it's Connor McDavid. Like once, once McDavid gets comfortable somewhere, he makes everybody around them better. Uh, you go look, uh, whether it's the Erie Otters or the OHL, you go look before that when I first started watching him play with the Toronto Marlboros AAA team. I mean, everybody around him grew exponentially because of him, and that's what separates him from a lot of other players. You can be a great player, but the distinction of true greatness is can you make everybody else around you great, and that's what McDavid does. So, you know, I, I, I it's weird because I conservatively say uh, between 85 to 90 points, sure. but knowing in the back of my mind, it's probably north of 90 for Connor McDavid if he's healthy. You brought up uh, Lucic, and I mean, a lot of, I mean, Bob Stoffer and I were talking about last night, the line combinations, one of those fun end of August uh, conversations sure. where, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can speculate and go down whatever road you want. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think they acquired Lucic preferably so he plays to, with, with McDavid. What what has you a little skeptical about the, that? He, here's, here's what I'm skeptical about. If you look at the history, I mean, first of all, Connor McDavid's game is speed, and if you can keep up with Connor McDavid, you know, God bless you and the world is your oyster we will see that at the world cup um if todd mcclellan ends up playing Connor mcdavid with dylan larkin i mean that will be special if we see those two players uh playing together the thing that scares me about milan lucic playing with Connor mcdavid is if you look at lucic's two main centermen in his career david krechi and anse kopitar the common denominator between those two is they're not fast skaters. You know, David Krejci's always, you know, there's the bullet and then there's the vacuum behind the bullet. And that's what David Krejci always played. And ditto for Anse Kopitar. Like, they're not fast, explosive players. 
and Lucic was able to play at that speed, play at that level. Now they're smart, and of course the puck moves faster than the feet, and we all get that. But playing with McDavid is a different beast. My only concern about Lucic, and we saw him at the beginning of last season where he was really off. Timing was off. Hitting was off. His shot was like everything. I My only concern is can he keep up with the pace that Connor McDavid sets early? Because the one thing about McDavid that impresses everybody is right from the opening faceoff, he grabs you and drags you into deep water. Like, he's skating fast from the opening face-off, and you better be able to keep up with him or you can't hang on that line. My only question about Lucic is, can he keep up with Connor McDavid for a full 60 minutes? Yeah, well, that'll be fun to watch, but but you're right. I, I In terms of what you mentioned about the being able to think the game because like mm-hmm. no one's going to skate as fast as McDavid. So are you in the right position? Are you getting the puck to the right position? And one thing we saw Pouliot do and Yakupov do uh, when they played with McDavid was the area pass, right? Get get it yeah. out there to an area where because if McDavid's it, even it's like I'll borrow a football term from Glenn Suter on TSN, right? If you're even mm-hmm. he's leaving. That's Connor McDavid, right? So if you yeah. if you see he's even with the guy, just put the puck into the area where he goes and gets it. You, you know who did that I mean, en route to winning a Stanley Cup last year was Pittsburgh. I mean, how many times did you see them just lob pucks in front of Carl Haglin and force foot races between Carl Haglin and the defenseman? And nine times out of ten, Haglin's going to win that race. Did the same thing with Phil Kessel. Um, I mean, the Rangers, I mean, Mike Sullivan was there as an assistant. I mean, the Rangers did that with their entire left side. Haglin was one of those players. Chris Kreider was one of those players. You're right. I mean, it, be, it, it is an, a new thing in the NHL. The Rangers did it. The Penguins did it last year. Same thing with McDavid and Edmonton. Just lob pucks and force foot races because that's where the battle is right now. Um, in a lot of ways, it's the battle of the feet and who can move them the quickest to those area passes you mentioned. And listen, the Penguins dined out to a, to a Stanley Cup last year because of it. Uh, Jeff, before I let you go, I mean, you touched briefly on the uh, World Cup. Uh, we're carrying some of the games. Uh, I, I know you guys, uh, from a TV standpoint, are going to be uh, all over it. It's going to be uh, unique. I mean, when we've had these, I mean, this is still uh, something that came out of the Canada Cup that used to be played in multiple cities. So it's uh, yep. it's all in Toronto. I, I know. I know. I always hear from listeners they don't like some of the quote unquote made up teams, <laughs> North America. I get that. Europe. Little, 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 little yeah. there. You hear that too, eh? Oh, oh, of course. I yeah. mean, that's that, that's one of the big knocks about this one is, you know, I under, we, I think we all understand why they did it. I think one of the reasons is, okay, there's so many great young players in this league right now, but would they all make Team Canada? Would they all make Team USA? Well, probably not. So how do we get them into this tournament? Okay, well, listen, Slovenia is not going to be in this tournament. How do we get on, say, Kopitar in this tournament? So it's almost as if they said, listen, we just need to come up with a gimmicky way. And it is gimmicky. Of course it is. We need to come up with a gimmicky way to get the most, the highest quality athlete in this tournament, regardless of where they're from. And this is what they came up with. The curious thing to me is, should Team North America do well? And I think we'd all love to see it happen. And they have the forwards to make it happen. Uh, not so. I mean, I'm kind of hot and cold on the net minding with all due respect to the Penguins goalie who won the Stanley Cup and, and John Gibson in Anaheim. Don't necessarily love that defense against veteran players from Sweden, USA, and, and Canada. But... If North America ends up doing well here, like let's just say, like I mean, this is hockey, right? I mean, it's a rubber puck and cold ice. Let's say North America wins this thing. What's the anthem, Reed? <laughs> what, is, 
What are they? What are they playing? <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's a really good. I never I never thought of that. Uh, I mean, but the first thing that t- came to mind is because they're my favorite band. Just play anything by Def Leppard. Uh, <laughs> Pour some sugar on me because <laughs> well, because the World Cup. Man. Maybe <laughs> you could play. Uh, maybe you could play Blaze of Glory because it was on the Young Guns soundtrack. Young Guns. Okay, too. well now, okay, now, now, we're, now, we're, now, now we're working something here. So now, now, now we're actually getting somewhere. Um, Youth listen, Gone Team Wild Europe, by Skid Row. Uh. That's not bad. Any and, and listen, anything '80s plus hair. Give it to me. Loud guitars. You know, yeah. four great guys, three great chords, twenty-seven great songs. Give it to me. That's Team North America. And none of the players um, would know the song. They'd be like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I know they'd be standing there with the jaws agape, saying, "This is stuff that my dad listens to." His dad's rocking out in the stands. It'll be listen. This is going to be anytime you get best on best. It always makes for for a fascinating time. I know we always go into things like this, just like the Olympics. You know, these are all the reasons why I don't like this. This is all the reasons why I think it's gimmicky. These are all the reasons why I think this whole thing is going to suck. And then the puck drops. Okay, Saturday, the seventeenth of September. Team Europe against Team USA, 3.30 Eastern. 8 o'clock Eastern, Team Canada against the Czech Republic. You know who's going to be watching, Reed? Hockey fans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because the middle of September, and you're starting to get that itch about hockey, and here it is, and it's all your familiar names from the NHL. And we can gross about, you know, Team North America and gross about, you know, Team Europe, but at the end of it, it is still a best-on-best hockey. It is it. Listen, my first big tournament in my life, because I was too young to experience 72, the 1976 Canada Cup was huge for me. Um, You know, and there was still that era, there's still that mystique about, oh, you know, who's this Stastny guy playing for Czechoslovakia? Who's this Vladimir Zarilla netminder, the refrigerator? A repairman from the from from Prague who's who's stoning Team Canada, and why is Borja Salming wearing this yellow jersey? He's a Maple Leaf, damn it! So there still was that intrigue and mystery that you don't necessarily have anymore. But at the end of it, you're still getting the best possible players playing against one another, which in my mind is is always a home run. Hey Jeff, it's always a home run to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making time for us tonight. I know we'll be doing this again throughout the season, man. Take care. I look forward to it. Good hearing from you again. Reed, take care. And enjoy the new barn, everybody. This one looks spectacular. It sure does. Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet checking in tonight. Always fun to have him on the show. He'll be on throughout the uh, NHL season. Fun guy to talk to. Youth gone wild. That should be the theme song for Team North America at the World Cup of Hockey. Speaking of that new rink, more on it coming up. Uh, Rick Davis is the executive director of the project. He's slated to join us in about 11 minutes. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Rogers Place. You can go in next Saturday. You know, once it comes to games and all that stuff, Stu McDonald, he's the chief commercial officer for the Oilers. He was on Oilers Now earlier today with Bob Stoffer. Asked if fans have to enter the building through uh, Ford Hall. That's what the Winter Garden is now called. But they don't have to. Uh, there's uh, three entry points at WWM. They can come through Ford Hall, which there is a, a walkway that's being developed right now through the Ice District construction area that you'll enter on 103rd Avenue uh, and okay. move across what will be eventually the plaza of Ice District in through the nose of Ford Hall, up the stairs, and you're now in Ford Hall by the main 
main gates. You can come in off 104th Avenue on the north side of 104th Avenue. There's an entry there. And then there's an entry by the McEwen LRT entrance on the north side of the building for anyone coming. doesn't have to be LRT. Anyone can get access to that door to come in that way, and you're immediately connected to the corridor and the mezzanine level of the building. A lot of information from Stu McDonald today. Get the full interview on the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com. We'll be playing some highlights of it throughout Inside Sports today and getting the perspective of Rick Davis. He's the executive director of the Downtown Arena Project. He is going to join me live after the 6.30 news. Another note today, number five seed Milos Raonic, the Canadian out of the U.S. Open in the second round, had some cramping difficulty today, loses in four sets to unseeded American Ryan Harrison. Reed Wilkins with you, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, back after the news. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Well, a little bit of history will be made tomorrow. The Oilers just announcing the first skate at Rogers Place. Some members of the Edmonton Oilers with a special group of Edmonton Minor Hockey Association players will be on the ice surface at Rogers Place uh, around noon tomorrow. This is not open to the public, but as a member of the media, I will be there uh, tomorrow, and you can find out more on Inside Sports tomorrow night, and uh, I guess Bob Stoffer will be on from noon to 2, so he'll have a little bit about that as well. Yeah, the building close, so close to being open, so Oilers players skating tomorrow on the ice at Rogers Place, along with a special group of uh, Edmonton Minor Hockey Association players. Exciting stuff. Thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Keep listening tonight. Well, first of all, because you should always be listening. Second of all, we're also going to be giving away four tickets to the Labor Day rematch Saturday, September 10th. That's going to be a fun day. I'm sure a lot of you will be on the Rogers Place Tour during the day and then going to the Eskimos game in the evening. We're going to give away four tickets to that game a little bit later on. Pleased to be joined on the line, Rick Davis, who is the uh, executive director of the Downtown Arija Project. Rick, thanks for coming on the show, man. How are you doing? My pleasure. I'm doing fine. How are you? Yeah, good to, good to talk to you. I know I, uh, I uh, was uh, part of a media horde that interviewed you, I believe it was in June. We, uh, we had a bit of a tour. I got to be in the rink uh, as well about three or four weeks ago because we were checking out some of our uh, Ched broadcasting uh, arrangements and stuff like that. I, I got to ask you first, Rick, just, just the response to next Saturday's tour. Um, it just what, what, what can you say about it? Because you guys had to extend some of the hours today. Yeah, we did, and and uh, it, it was a surprise to some people. It, it wasn't actually much of a surprise to me. I uh, uh, I've been working on this thing for the last five years, and and I know that there's a lot of excitement and anticipation out there, and and I figured that people would would respond the way they are. So, uh, can you just fill people in a, a bit on on how it's been extended and how people can still get tickets if they're looking? Uh, they, they can still get tickets. Uh, what we'd initially intended was that uh, we'd open the doors at 8 and we'd run it until 2 o'clock, and that would give people time to head off to the Eskimo game after that. And uh, we thought we would be able to, to uh, accommodate everybody within that time frame, but uh, <clears throat> sure enough, everybody uh, responded. We filled those spots up in the first day. So we've been adding on one-hour increments, and, and right now we're at 48,848 as of about 10 minutes ago. So okay. we've opened up the 4 o'clock time slot now, and uh, hopefully the, the Eskimo fans and the, and the people that are going to the Eskimo games uh, 
uh, will have their, their times in before then, or maybe they can find someone else and do some swapping if, if that's the case. Okay, so the, right now the last time to enter is at 4 p.m.? That's correct. And it'll take about 60 to 90 minutes to kind of go through if you're an average pace-type person? Yeah, we're, we're thinking about, you know, people might want to stop and have a bite to eat and, and, and look around and, and just sort of uh, take it all in. Uh, it, it should probably... if. If you just wanted to brisk through, you could probably do it in a little bit less than an hour, but uh, if you want to sort of take your time, uh, yeah, anywhere up to an hour and a half. Okay. Is there, is there going to be concessions open next Saturday? There will be, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, perfect. Uh, well, that's going to that's, uh, that's be a lot of fun. Uh, Rick, I'm going to ask you a, 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 tough, a tough question here. Okay. What do you hope most impresses the fans when, when they walk through? Is there, is there something you hope really is, is noticed or stands out? Oh, there's a whole array of things. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, uh, we, we haven't tried to overhype it or, 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 or disappoint the, the fans when they get in there because they're, they're expecting something really special. But uh, I'm pretty confident that we're, we're delivering something special. From I, to, to me personally, uh, having worked on this thing for, for the last part of my life, <laughs> uh, you. you as soon as you come into the Ford Hall and you take the stairs up or you take the escalator up and you get to the bottom and, and you look across Ford Hall at, at the entrance to the arena, to me it's, it's breathtaking. Like that, that's, that's a, a, a moment, you know, when I first did it and saw the finishing touches coming in, it, it's, it's still for me uh, the most significant element of, of the facility. Then as you go around, you look at the scoreboard, which is immense, and, and that, that's had people's jaws dropping. Um, just the, the concourses, the height and the width and the natural light, uh, it, it's just got a new, fresh, uh, bright feel to it, and uh, you just get energized when you go in there. Rick Davis joining us on Inside Sports. He's the executive director of the Downtown Arena Project, Rogers Place, getting ready to rock and roll. As I just mentioned, uh, Oilers players will be skating there tomorrow with a special group of minor hockey players. So that's going to be a, a pretty cool experience for a lot of people. Rick, you mentioned spending a, a large portion of your life in, involved with this. Uh, what, what is it like for you at this stage to be you know, so close to... Um, you know that it's it's going to be public. It's it's. Uh, yeah. Is it a bit of a chapter closing for you personally and professionally? Well, you know it is. It, it's uh, it, it, it's it's been quite the ride. It, it certainly had its its ups. It's had its downs. Uh, but the the momentum's been building, and it's it's like anticipating Christmas. And 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 you know here we're going to have this big opening, and it's going to be a big. Uh, a big party, and, and then uh, I, I can't help but feel a little bit of relief at one at at, at one side of of me. But the other, I'm also thinking uh, I'm going to miss this. Uh, you know, this this has been a pretty exciting experience, and and uh, I don't think many people get an opportunity to be this involved and this embedded in in, in a single project for for this long. And uh, it, it, it's going to be a little bit. Uh, little bit bland after this is over i'm not really sure what, what what's in the store but on the other hand there's still a lot of work to do we, we've got two more years before the the public plaza is opened up so we want to make sure that uh it's not just 
building a, a magnificent facility, but making sure that it, it operates as a, as a world-class facility as well. Well, that leads well into a couple of questions I wanted to ask you as well. Can, uh, can you give us a sense of what are some final things that, that need to be finished or maybe even some of that detail work that might be going on once, you know, concerts and Oil Kings and Oilers are happening there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, just like when you move into any new facility, like if you're building a home, there's there's going to be nicks and scratches from when you're moving in. Uh, not everything's going to work perfectly. Uh, we're, we're we're most concerned right now with all of the life safety measures, making sure that uh, uh, exiting is adequate. The store, the the stairwells are all all good in case of emergency. The the fire alarms work. Uh, all the administrative controls are in place to to manage large crowds, and 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 that's sort of the uh, the biggest concern. And we're going through those final touches right now. Uh, probably the the biggest uh, obstacle that we've had to overcome is the fact that the Winter Garden or, or Ford Hall is sort of the main entrance to the arena, and it's designed to empty onto a public plaza south of the arena and south of 104th Avenue which is still going to be a construction zone for two years. So what we've had to do is to build a, a special protected pathway with fencing and pavement to take people uh, through the construction site, actually, to 103rd Avenue. So even though the arena is located on 104th Avenue, the main entrance point is going to be off 103rd Avenue. Okay. Well, okay. Well, you kind of answered what what I wanted to get to about how much of it is going to be a construction zone around Rogers Place. So clearly, you've explained the the adjustments that'll be happening there. Uh, is is one hundred and fourth Ave going to be totally drivable right away? Because I, I I know from going through that area a lot. Some sometimes it's been open, sometimes it's been blocked off. Yeah, it, it's pretty much going to be opened up. We're we're removing most of the the fencing and the and the the bollards uh, from one hundred and fourth Avenue probably this weekend. Uh, it's still going to be restricted for pedestrian traffic, uh, particularly on the, on the south side. We've still got uh, a lot of construction happening south of 4th Avenue, so we won't have full uh, pedestrian access on the south side of 4th Avenue, and that's the reason we're having to bring people in from 103rd. Okay, makes perfect sense. Rick, I'm, I'm look, you know what it's like. So, somebody texted me a question. I don't know if, if you can answer this because it's a very detailed question, but Dave says, Reed, can you get any information Row one behind the net, uh, will the seats be higher up than Rexall Place so it's a little easier to look over the boards? I don't know if you have that comparison, but hmm. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep checking, I guess. You, you know, I don't, but, but I know that uh, the design that's gone into this facility uh, in, in terms of making sure that every single seat uh, is, is optimized and, and uh, the fans get the ultimate fan experience has been a very strong focus of the Oilers. So uh, I would expect that if, if particularly if that's been raised as a concern in the past, that that will have been addressed through the design. Okay. Well, Rick, we could go on for hours talking about this. Maybe we will some night when you have more time. But uh, thanks for fitting me in on Inside Sports. It's exciting. It's exciting. Mean, pe- people are asking me, like, when do the uh, when does OEG or Kate like officially get the keys? Is that re- relevant at this point, or is it kind of tomorrow uh, since the players are in there? You know, uh, there's players in there. They they've moved a lot of their furniture in. Uh, PCL has been, uh, you know really cooperative in terms of 
freeing up space so that they could start operating in, in as many areas as they could. They're they're cooking, they're loading supplies, they're uh, they're working through there, and and you know really the the official turnover of the keys, you it, it would probably won't even be noticeable to right. uh, what's going on in there. So it, it's going to happen over the next uh, few days within a week or a couple of weeks. It, it's really uh, as long as we're open and operational for the 10th that's that's the big day that we're we're all shooting for okay well rick i'll 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 probably see you around there tomorrow or or i'm sure on the 10th uh as well for the open house thanks so much for your time man it's really good to have you on the show you bet thanks for having me that is rick davis checking in tonight executive director of the downtown arena project so yeah it is uh rolling along it's it's been quite a journey for rick as he mentioned being a part of this for the last five years i asked him what do you hope is most impressive to the fans he's it was hard for him to pick one thing but he he just hopes when people walk in they're really impressed by ford hall by the like the grandness of it and and of course he mentioned the scoreboard i know there's been pictures about that on social media and the rogers place website and all that kind of stuff but uh it is it is moving along for sure 780-496-0063 you can also text 630 630 um we got a question about dressing room tours i don't know about that i'll try to find out tomorrow um i mean i think the oilers are still setting up in there uh so we'll see about that somebody's asking about beer well why wouldn't you uh we'll have an answer when we get back inside sports on 6 30 ched this is jc sheriff from your edmonton eskimos and you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on 6 30 ched J.C. Sheridan, the Eskimos, back on the practice field tomorrow facing Calgary on Monday, Labor Day Monday, and then September 10th, again, big day. You got the Rogers Place open house. You got the Eskimos and the Stampeders Labor Day rematch on uh, uh, in the evening on that day, 5 o'clock. Tell you what, let's give away right now, 780-496-0063, four tickets to the Eskimos-Stampeders game on September 10th. Uh, they'll have to answer a trivia question live on air, Kellen. So line up some contestants for me. It will not be a difficult right. question. It will be a hockey question, 780-496-0063. Okay, somebody texted it. What type of beer are they serving? Stu McDonald, the Oilers' chief commercial officer on Oilers Now earlier today. Uh, Molson is, uh, has extended. They've been with us from day one and uh, actually back to the WHA, uh, but certainly day one in the National Hockey League, and they've signed a long-term deal to continue to be our beer partner. And uh, we've uh, in the process of welcoming a new partner in Pepsi to the facility. So they're just, I believe they finished the line install about uh, three, four days ago, and uh, just in the process now of bringing product into the building. All right, McDonald also asked if uh, a wider variety of Molson products will be available. Uh, but uh, Molson's coming in, they're even coming in with a little bit different perspective, knowing the opportunity here for a significant amount of distribution points uh, and significantly uh, a significant variety in food options. So they're coming in with um, certainly their premium products, the Coors Light and Canadian that support hockey across Canada, um, but uh, a variety of craft beer products and a variety of import products will all be in the mix throughout the facility. 
facility. So we'll definitely have something for everybody. Is there a wide range of pricing points as well? Uh, absolutely. And I, that's the other. We looked at it. You know, people said, hey, you know, your, your price is going to go through the roof. And the, the reality is it, it has to be at a price point that's going to sell. It's no different than tickets. Right? We, we want to be there to say, sure, we've got a responsibility to pay off this beautiful building. Uh, but at the same time, it's got to be at a price point that's it's going to move. So I think any of the core products you're going to see, what you're familiar with at Rexall isn't going to be a dramatic difference coming over. All right, so there's Stu McDonald. So it will be Molson products for the beer. Now, I was on the Molson website today, and they own uh, a lot of breweries, including Granville Island in Vancouver, which is a, a popular, uh, more more crafty-type beer. So uh, there's your uh, answer. If you're, a, uh, if you're a beer snob like me, and I, I don't drink at the Oilers games because I'm technically working, but uh, <laughs> there there will be a little more options, more than just uh, Molson and Coors for sure. All right, Jamie is going to try to win four tickets to the uh, Eskimo-Stampeders game on September 10th. Jamie, have you been to an Eskimos game this year? Hello? Hi, Jamie. Have You're on with Reed. Have you been to an Eskimos game they get this year? No, I've been wanting to, but I haven't gone out yet. Okay, so I got a trivia question for you here. We are live. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds. If you're an Edmonton sports fan, I don't think it'll be too difficult. On October 12th, the Oilers will play their first regular season game at Rogers Place. Who will the opponent be? Uh, Calgary. Absolutely, Jamie. You're going to see the Esks and the Stamps on September 10th. Are you going to the Rogers Place uh, open house during the day as well? On the... Oh, on that, no, I didn't get the tickets for then, but I actually have season seats, so I'll be going the next day. So you'll be going into the rink. Okay, perfect stuff. Yeah. Jamie, stay on the line. Kellen's going to get your information, all right? All right, thank you. Perfect. Uh, tell you what, if if you didn't get those tickets, I, I know you're you're gravely disappointed and you probably hate me right now, but we will give away more Esk Stamps tickets in the lead-up to the Labor Day rematch. So now you have one more reason or maybe your first reason to uh, listen to Inside Sports. Several people have been asking, and Stu McDonald commented on today on Oilers Now, what's going on with the oil derrick and the goal horn? Uh, the goal horn is coming with us. Uh, the derrick we're retiring. So yeah, right. the, the uh, And part of that has to do with the, uh, the structure of the building, all sorts of elements as we moved, uh, and we had to draw a line here and there on what was coming with us, but the goal horn is definitely going to make an appearance. All right, so goal horn... Yes, oil derrick, uh, done. So that tradition of uh, what was, uh, well, that even goes back to Skyreach Center, probably, doesn't it, when it was called Skyreach Center. We, the Oilers will not be skating out through the uh, oil derrick. Maybe they'll have something new in store, I don't know, but the goal horn will be there. Somebody called in, was it last week or the week before, complaining about the goal horn and the, uh, and the goal song. Well, I don't know if they're going to have a new goal song. But the goal horn will be there. Everybody has a goal horn now. You know what? You know what Bob Stoffer really loves. He loves that goal cannon they have in Columbus. He can't get enough of the goal cannon. Uh, so many questions about Rogers Place. Here's one that, are, that a lot of people ask: What about cup holders on the seats? Yeah. Um... So the one of the it was kind of a standing joke for us when we started the process of designing the arena, saying, "Well, you know, and and we're also going to have this cool new invention called seat hold, or is called cup holders, since we didn't have them to any great extent in Rexall Place." Um, unknown to us at the time, there's a reason a lot of arenas most don't have cup holders in the upper bowl. So lower bowl of Rogers Place cup holders on the seat in, in the back of the seat in front of you. Um, but when we went and we investigated a number of facilities we we visited, none of them had cup holders in the upper bowl 
and we was just non-starter. We're going to have them. But we, we realized pretty quickly why that's the case and that if you can imagine, the pitch is high, much steeper in the upper bowl, like in all arenas. So your your feet are a little bit closer to the top of the seat in front of you. And so there's no place to put it on the seat back or they'd be at your feet. And if they go on the handrails in the upper bowl, as people are moving in and out, they've lots of experience, lots of building, as you end up knocking drinks out as you're right. going in and out of your seat. Uh, to the point where I believe it was the the New Orleans uh, NBA arena where they had done a seat reconfiguration, put in drink cup holders in the upper bowl, upper and lower bowls there, and their fans within a couple of months demanded that they take them out, and they had to do a whole reswitch and put in standard armrests on it. So we challenged the the company who does the seating, we challenged companies who specialize in cup holders, and just came back and said there is the same solution there is everywhere globally, which is it's a more of a fan inconvenience than a convenience to have them up there. All right, so uh, no cup holders in the uh, upper bowl, and as uh, Stu said, sometimes they're not all. They are, are cut out to be, depending on the, the, the pitch, the st- how, how steep the seats are. A little more from uh, the Stu McDonald interview. Kevin Carius is going to slide into studio. Later on tonight, Adam Scorgi uh, will join me in studio. He's the producer of a movie called Ice Guardians about fighters in the National Hockey League. That's going to be shown at the Garneau in a couple of weeks. And Karen Lasuk, international basketball ref. We've had her on the show before. She worked the real game. She will tell us how that experience went. That's going to be fun to catch up with her. Blue Jays lead the Orioles 3-1, bottom of the fifth. Inside Sports on Chad. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.